It is the 200 level from the basement, episode 75, and we're getting the band back together. We have Harry Black and Trevor Valise. Harry, long time no talk. I, I thought you were about to say long time no see, and well, it's that just a continuation of that because, you know, there is no see. It's, see we're Skyping, and I, my first inclination on Skype was... I better, you know, I better put on some clothing or something because I thought these guys were going to see me sitting in my chair, but now I could have just been sitting in my underwear the whole time. Yeah, we're doing an audio call. It's a little bit better. I did this with Corey Bradford a couple days ago, and it seems to work okay, even though, Trevor, you're right that Zoom has sort of overtaken Skype as the preferred method of communication. Yeah, it seems weird. You would have figured Skype would have been able, able to better capitalize on the fact that their entire platform is what people need right now. But I guess Zoom uh, Zoom overtook them. So let's be real, guys. This is not so much a sports podcast. I mean, it, it is really a, a hangout session because we don't have – we'll gravitate towards sports. We'll get into it, I know. But first off, Harry, how are you doing? How are things out in Connecticut? Because you're near the hot zone of all this. Yeah, I, it's uh, – <laughs> You know, isn't it just great to be working at a uh, a place centralized with sports when there's absolutely the the highest the pinnacle of sporting world right now is horse racing, and it's not even the Kentucky Derby or any of those things. It's it's literally just empty tracks with uh, with horses that you know I would say you've never heard of, but I've never heard of any horses <laughs> jockeys that you've never heard of. But it's 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 can that's horses what catch the coronavirus? I don't know. I don't, I don't know think how so. many animals can catch the coronavirus. Okay. I think I think they said maybe dogs can, but the dog that died from it was just old and you know sick anyway. So I think that's kind of maybe oh, I a little dogs bit. Dogs are in the clear. Yeah, maybe. I, I I have no idea. I'm not a doctor, but yeah, it's it's a it's weird being out here. You know, I was I was there um, when when all the stuff went down a couple weeks ago. I think it was three weeks ago yesterday with the uh, with the Rudy Gobert. Uh, situation when the NBA shut down and that was kind of the first domino in all this and and what really got everything kicked off and shutting down the entire sporting world and that night and a couple of days after that it was pretty chaotic and since then I mean you guys got to you guys got to remember my job there is essentially I watch uh, I watch our programming throughout the day seeing what good information comes about that I can then clip from TV and give to the people over on our radio shows uh, saying, you know, play this. You know, they people want to hear this when they're in their car. Well, that kind of gets repetitive when all it is is Corona this, Corona that, Corona this, Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that for a couple of little spots here and there. For the most part, there is nothing to talk about. So it's uh, it's less than ideal right now. You know, speaking of Rudy, well, I was Go- thinking about it, too. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say. Harry's been there what, yeah. what, two months, and Kobe died, and then this happened? I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah, it, it was um, – I, I was thinking about it. Um, it, it was kind of kind of bookended um, um, February or the, the end of January and then the, the uh, beginning of March. So, yeah, pretty much February was the one month where there was really some normalcy. Before that, you had Kobe dying, and then that led kind of for the next couple of weeks – even through the Super Bowl, so you had that chaos, and now this is kind of chaos in the other direction, where there was a lot to talk about at first, and now there is nothing to talk about. We're just trying to figure out how to get people in and out of work, like most other companies in the uh, in the world that are still, or in America that are still actually having people come in. 
Um, so it's 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 not it's I, I'm sounding like a broken record, but it's it's certainly less than ideal right now. And and the um, it's it, I, I I remember in the in the beginning of March, I was kind of telling myself every couple of days when I would drive into work, you know, wow, this is a then this sounds cheesy, but it's true. I would tell myself, wow, this is kind of weird. I feel like this, I'm really getting to drive into my job over at ESPN. Mm -hmm. What could possibly go wrong? Like it's a Simpsons episode (laughs) or something where then everything goes wrong. So of course, you know, naturally two months into this, there's absolutely nothing to do now. This is your version of you only live twice, Harry. It's like you're working for Hank Scorpio only to find out that he's actually getting embroiled in international intrigue and in terrorism plots and everything like that. So everything seemed perfect. And then you get the rug pulled out from under you. I got to apologize because I was stepping all over you two guys because I had a joke. <laughs> That's you, the best reason to yeah, also yeah. by all means. I got two of them. Episode of Simpsons ever. It's one of them. It's top five for sure. All right, so really? here are my well top ten. I'll give it top ten. Okay, top ten. That's fair. I mean hammocks. The hammocks running gag is great. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's the two jokes. The first one. Okay, so here you mentioned uh, Rudy Gobert, and when his teammates found out that he had COVID nineteen, they said, "Rudy, go over there." Oh, no, they did it. They, Se- second joke. Uh, this is this is where the morbid sense of humor kind of creeps in when you're stuck at home and all this terrible stuff is going on. You got to find ways to laugh. So we have a group thread, and uh, one of the guys in our group is actually f- a fan of the band Fountains of Wayne. Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the 52-year-old main songwriter from Fountains of Wayne, and they were the same band that performed all the songs from The Wonders in That Thing You Do, that Tom Hanks movie, and they did Stacy's Mom. That's the hit that they had. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, uh, that news broke yesterday, and I said, Fountains of Wayne, more like Fountains of Pain, but it's <laughs> just a morbid... Is, is, one of the, is the lead singer sick? He died. 52 years old. Oh, oh from wow. From COVID? From, from complica- it said complications from COVID-19. Wow, I did and, not know that. And I'm thinking, like, is it okay? Like, I, I said that joke in the group thread, and I'm like, I know that's morbid and wrong, but it's just, you get stir-crazy enough where, I mean, Harry, you're living, I'm guessing, in a virtual ghost town. Like, you go to work, and when you do, it's probably a far cry from when it was a month ago. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I had sent a picture to my brother. The parking lot that I usually park in is absolutely filled, and I'm lucky enough to get there usually at an hour where there's some people leaving, and those people that are leaving are the ones that got there early, so I can kind of get a good spot, but the rest of the parking lot is absolutely packed. I need to park maybe where it'll be a three- or four-minute walk away from where I need to go. And they told us the other day that they're going down from or we're trying to get down from what had been a couple thousand people on campus like the 4,000. There's now, I think, a couple hundred. I, I went in the other day, and whereas there's usually the parking lot is filled with cars, I could look around. And I counted. When I got in, there was six other cars. When I left, there was one other car there. There was one other person there who was taking over for me when I was leaving. So it, it is exactly like you said, Carp. It's a, it's a ghost town because there's so little we want to do. There's so little uh, contact that they want us to be having with other people. And, you know, this idea of social distancing, it's it's – it going a little bit of stir crazy right now. Well, this is your chance to host Sports Center, right? Because you're much higher up the uh, employee chain if there's only a hundred people there. 
Oh yeah, you know now instead of being four thousand out of four thousand, I'm two hundred out of two hundred. So <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm climbing up the corporate ladder. Chain of command, baby. Go. Yeah. So Trevor, how about you? Are you going a little stir crazy, or how are you managing? I'm definitely going a little stir crazy. I mean, full transparency, I live with my grandma, so she's you know considered high risk. Right. So it's sort of this 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 moral thing of well, I feel fine and. You know, technically my job is marked as essential, but let's be honest, the sports show is not essential, but it is radio, so I can still go into work. So I'm just trying to balance this this sort of just more tightrope of how often do I leave, you know, do I stay away from her, you know, so it's, it, it's interesting. I try to go outside at least once a day. I'm out here on her farm always picking up sticks or running around <laughs> or doing something so I don't go completely stir crazy. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's uh as someone who likes to get out and do things and is a very organized planning type person, it's it's uh, a little challenging to say the least. Yeah, you got to delegate time for picking up sticks. I do that every day. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I, I walk through the yard and I pick up sticks and leaves. There you go. That sounds like something out of like a 1920s. Like, isn't that a game? Pick up sticks. P- yeah, yeah, pick up sticks day, or, or kick the can. Right, where you take an old soup can and kick it around. Or or you chase a hoop down the street with another stick. <laughs> or yeah, something that we, we always uh, just we always just saw in like cartoons, but that's not actually a real game. No, but th- this reminds me that's a real game. of another Simpsons episode when Lisa was born, and they're living in the poor part of Springfield, <laughs> yeah, and these kids are like, "Hey, uh, let's go play, uh, let's go play stickball, eh?" And then they walk down the street, and there's just an arcade game of called stickball, which you know. <laughs> you know what's funny Yesterday is when I- we. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Well, last Simpsons thing. I'm sorry, Trevor. Um, no, when I, I, I was trying to text you guys this morning and thinking of a, a play on when Chief Wiggum says, bake them away, toys. But Because <laughs> that line has just been in my head the last 24 hours. I have no idea why. All right. Sorry, Trevor. That's that actually a pretty, that's an underrated episode. Cape Fear? That, I don't think one. that's underrated. I think it's really good. Um, well, well, I mean, I think it's properly rated. People call it one of the best, don't they? Your okay, name, I, I didn't know if they did. Is Mr. Thompson? Remember, <laughs> Wait, you're Homer say? Thompson. Hey, kids, let's drive through that cacti field. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, they, they, what is it? No, yeah, yeah, no. Up oh, two against one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are now living in a sportsless world, and obviously, this is a sports podcast. So before we get too deep down the the Simpsons rabbit hole, what have you guys been doing? Because here's what I've been doing to kind of quench my sports thirst. Uh, NBC Sports Chicago is playing all these old Chicago Bulls games from the '96 playoff run. All, um, I guess that'd be 15 wins in the postseason. So I'll watch that, and it's a little bit of nostalgia. I, I watched, of course, the Illinois Arizona highlights from 05, and it's fine. You know, it kind of gets it. But to me, I'm thinking, even if these leagues come back and they play in front of nobody, I'll take it. Like, I, I want the TV entertainment, just even without the fans, as weird as that may be. I feel like that's the only way that these things are going to get going in the foreseeable future, as in like 2020. Well, I, for me at least, scratching the itch, I guess, is how you would call it. Um, it it's, it's not as difficult simply because when I go, or at least on days where I go into work, I'm surrounded by them just talk, trying to conjure up some kind of a semblance of sports talk. And by the time you get out, you're just thinking, I've just been listening to them kind of talk about really nothing for the last eight hours. I, I want to get away from it. So it hasn't been as hard for, for me for a personal reason, but I will say on days off, it does kind of get a little bit 
a little bit annoying when you're just sitting at home and the only thing you can do is look at, well, this is what got canceled now. Wimbledon got canceled <laughs> yesterday. I think the U.S. Open either got canceled last night or this morning. Um, so you're just looking at more cancellations. You're looking at uh, start dates being pushed further and further back. Uh, I guess scratching the itch would just really be looking at either old 30 for 30s, which, side note, that Jordan documentary is Can't going wait. to be insane. Can't that wait. is going to be awesome. Um, but <laughs> actually, I've, I've been just, I mean, probably like 99% of America, I've just been watching Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, I mean, seriously. And then, no, well, Harry, did you get a, sp- a sneak peek of that Jordan thing because you work at ESPN? Like, do you have any more inside info about how good it is? Or <laughs> No, I, no. I, I don't work in the 30 for 30 department. Um, but I do, I do think... Um, I, <laughs> I'm hoping my schedule lines up so that I, I get to uh, I get to work the night that the first two come out because I sit in front of ten TV screens all day, and if we if we start that or if I'm working that day, then I basically just get to get paid to watch two hours of uh, the Jordan documentary. It's not a bad deal. Do you know if they had to rush to finish it or if it was already like done and done? I would imagine this has been done for well well over a couple months because they have stuff from Kobe talking about it. Uh, I think they were just Yeah, sure. To... I, I just meant like the post-production of it. Oh, I, I have no idea. I, like okay. I said, I'm not even, that's not even my department, but I do, obviously it's no surprise. The reason they moved this up was because people have just been clamoring for, for, uh, for content because there's nothing else going on. But Trevor, I did so actually, they're not read actually going to release all of it at once though, either, right? Two, two no. per Sunday. Yeah, and yeah, two parts over the course of I think one or two and a half months. And they actually there just, was an article. Well, but there was an article yesterday, Trevor. I wrote, uh, read from Andrew Marchand, who's a a sports media reporter for the New York Post, and apparently it was in post production, but it was not done. But I think what this is allowing them to do is buy a little bit of time, which they were going to stagger the release in June anyways. But this will give them, for episodes 7, 8, 9, 10, give them a little bit more time. But two a night, April 19th, 8 o'clock Central, I think. So basically, it's like every Sunday night for two hours, get to watch the Jordan documentary, which, I mean, for me, the, the timing is perfect because with all these old Bulls games playing with nothing else on, this was going to be a monster anyways, but I got to think the ratings for this are going to be like highest non-live sports-related program. Like, I don't know what the, the the topic or the genre would be, but this is going to be a monster when it comes out. I this think is, so, right? It's on ESPN Plus, right? I think ABC is going to air live, and they'll be available oh, on okay, ESPN okay. Plus. Yeah, that, so that they're going to air it live on ESPN at least, may, probably maybe ABC. I'm, I get the two mixed up. I feel like when something's big, they put it on ESPN. When something's massive, they put it on ABC. Kind of like when they played the uh, the Super Bowl back when ESPN last had it. I think it was two thousand and two thousand and five or two thousand and six, and they and they had the the Monday Night Crew talking Al Michaels and, and I think John Madden back then. But they were playing it on ABC, so that that's that. I always get the two mixed up. 
So you guys will appreciate this story. Uh, we were walking Rosie on campus yesterday, which right now, like everything else, is a ghost town, but especially campus Aww, because Rosie. I know, little girl. Oh, who's a dog? <laughs> and there are, I think, uh, Kara had found out there's like 500 students still living in dorms, and they've put most of those kids in the FARPAR area, so they're more centrally located. But anyways, we're walking through the six pack, and as we're turning around into the large kind of opening, you know, with all the green uh, grass fields and stuff. We hear this music playing, and sure enough, it's Georgie Bashanishvili uh, doing like a workout. And there had just been a story, I think even in today's News Gazette, about how he is the only basketball player back on campus. So essentially, we just saw probably someone trying to pass the time and stay in shape. And I, I thought it was it was interesting because on one hand, it's like, oh, there's a basketball player. And then the other hand, Harry, it actually kind of got me thinking about since you have the student athlete perspective, having lived it, if this had happened when you were here, you know, you're from Florida and everything going on uh, down yeah. in Florida yes. Yes. and and all the craziness down there that maybe you wouldn't have went home. I, I don't know what the circumstances would be, but there would be a chance that you would be kind of, uh, you know, stuck here in Champaign. And I, I just had this thought like that would be have to be such a weird existence to have to just kind yeah. of be shut in. To kind of be close here because I mean, Georgie, Georgie, uh, Georgie is a um, he's from overseas, right? He's, Correct. Yeah. He does not live in this country, so obviously that's he's a from Georgia. Per- oh yeah, that's right. I wanted to say that, but I thought that sounded too cute to be true. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, yeah, um, it, it's obviously a little bit further than uh, than Florida, but you know, it, it it is a bit of a hassle going back home from Champaign to Florida, whether you're going through O'Hare or going. The way I did, I go through uh, Bloomington, then you fly down to Sanford, and in Sanford's about 40 minutes away from where I live. So either way, it does take quite a bit of effort to go through all that. It's it's like a full day affair. Um, but you know, to it, it, I probably I haven't really even thought about that. If I was in that situation, I may have just ended up staying on campus because you don't know how long this is going to be. At first, people thought. Okay, well, classes are going to be canceled for a little bit. Okay, now classes are going to be canceled for the rest of the semester. Well, does that carry into the summer? Who knows? Because every year I would take classes for um, for for summer for football because that's what you need to do to in order to uh, participate in off season workouts and drills. Yeah, but it, it would be it would be just kind of it's a bad situation to be in right now. For anyone that's still on campus, you know, not just athletes, but people, um, U of I has a a large uh, Chinese population. What are they going to do? Because, first of all, I don't even know if they're allowed to go home. And I don't think they are, right? I mean, you're locked into this. Are we locked into this country? Or if you're you're uh, a citizen, you're locked out if you're outside of the country right now? I can't say for sure. I mean, I think even China might be like, hey, if you're in America right now, you got to stay there because they're getting over there. I mean, they're on the other side of their curve, apparently. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's a situation right now where you're kind of stuck in no man's land. And, I mean, if I was in the situation, I would imagine I probably at first would have just wanted to stay there and ride it out. But I would have eventually been dragged back, I think, by my parents just being told, hey, listen, this is going to go on for a while. You're going to probably want to get back home because – you, um, there's going to be absolutely nothing for you to do there. You're going to go crazy. And back then, I wouldn't have even had a job. You got to also remember a lot of these guys who were on the team. They're, they're. I mean, 
how, what are they doing to pass the time? Because they all year long are basically doing football activities. And now you're not even allowed to do that. The NCAA shut down every sport that's been going on, uh, you know, whether it be winter, fall, uh, le- fall leading into winter or spring sports, they shut everything down. So these guys who have had this kind of regimented schedule, you're on your own. And if you're home, that's one thing. But if you're still on campus, if you're stuck there, it's uh, it's it's quite interesting to see how, I mean, it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how some of these sports come back and maybe see how some of these guys maybe shake off some of the rust. Yeah, uh, Lou Hernandez, actually. I mean, because did you work with Lou Hernandez when he was here? Harry? I did not. Oh. He, he, he was there uh, until 2012. And then obviously I my strength coaches were um, were Hillman and Bose. He's got uh, there's been videos going on of, I think, a few linemen dragging cars down the street. So he's got them working out. And Josh Matterbebe has a bunch of crazy exercises too but i mean regardless you got to get creative i guess if you're still in a sort of training program or something like that but trevor i'm thinking like we are still five months away essentially from when football season will get going and i can't envision as we sit here right now uh a situation where we'd be going over there for the first game against illinois state or whatever just tailgating in a busy field and then walking into a stadium even though i know it's not packed over there it's it's packed enough where I, I don't know what the – I just – it's hard to envision going back to sports games right now. I hate it. Well, and that's sort of the daunting thing is like we're sitting here talking about how we're tired of it, and we're probably in like leg one of like a nine-leg race right now. <laughs> and it's and it's daunting to think about. I mean, what was the, the thing going around yesterday that the NCAA was looking into potentially doing college football in the spring? I mean, what does that tell you? Because college football starts, what, mid-September? Yeah. And they're already now in basically the end of March saying, yeah, that's probably not going to work. I mean, that's five months from now, and we're already deciding that that's probably not going to happen. In in my opinion, it it almost feels like, and I'd I'd hate this personally, because like you said, Carp, I'm all for trying to get sports back in any capacity we can. But this is just going to be such a monumental headache. It's such a physical toll on the players who are then out of shape to get back into shape. And if we have some type of weird truncated 20-game NBA season on a cruise ship or something, like if it's going to just be a giant hassle, I'd almost rather that every single sports league, college and pro, just say, you know what, 2020 is canceled. We're just starting 2021 with our leagues like they would normally would be. Because it's going to feel weird, right, if, say, the MLB finds an abandoned stadium in Idaho – and they send all the teams there, and they have a 60-game season. Like, it just yeah. is going to – I'll watch it because I want to watch it, obviously, but it's just going to feel really weird, and there's always going to be an asterisk no matter what happens. Yeah, it was I, really – actually – Yeah, go ahead, Harry. I wanted to bring that up, too, with the, uh, with the MLB because you look at basketball, they were almost done. You look at football, they're still five, uh, five-ish months away. Even look at college basketball, and I was, I was on the, the – uh, on board for people saying that if uh, you know if you were a senior and your <clears throat> and your uh, your season was ended by this and you would have played in the tournament that you should be able to come back next year. I was on board for that until I heard uh, Coach Shashevsky on uh, the morning show Golk and Wingo the other day saying for the most part for nine out of ten uh, seniors in this country their season was already pretty much over or all but over uh, when this hit. 
So, you know, not bringing them back isn't the end of the world for a lot of these kids. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but for a lot of them, they played their entire regular season. Some of them even had their season ended in um, in their conference tournaments. So it, it, when you think about it that way, it's not the end of the world for a lot of these um for a lot of these kids not being able to get uh, get back and get another season. But you look at baseball, there might not – I mean, they want to get a season in in any capacity, but this hit right at the start of baseball. So, like, you guys are obviously much bigger fans than I am. What would you rather have, I guess, if you could either have a shortened schedule or just move the entire season back? Or like you said, Trevor – just canceling the season altogether and moving it to next year. I mean, to me, I'm thinking about, and this is totally selfish, but Yankees had some injury problems. So, like, if this starts in July, they're going to be fully healthy, on ha- all hands on deck for, like, an 80-game season. Oh, my God. Like, you know, if, if that doesn't increase their chances of winning it all more. So, from for selfish reasons, I'd be fine with that. But regardless, it's going to be probably played in front of no fans to start or limited. And again, I don't know how you execute that. But even with that, you know, like let's say we get over this hump and I'm we aren't epidemiologists, we don't pretend to be, but they're basically saying that this month is going to be the bad one. So there's this little optimism in me that's like, okay, well, we are going to have to get to a point where we decide whether we resume normal activities or not. This thing's not going to eradicate. It's going to be out there, but just in a smaller or less pronounced form. And is it okay? to start going back to these things. I mean, eventually, I think that the health argument is so far above the economic argument, but eventually, you got to make decisions whether or not you can open things back up. Unfortunately, it seems to me like the last thing that would open up are gatherings of tens of thousands of people to watch sporting events, but maybe at least you could get the players themselves on the field. So for selfish reasons, baseball, shortened schedule, healthy Yankees roster, I'm taking it. Uh, I don't want to miss a year with this roster, but at, like Trevor said, there is a part that the further we get into this and the further removed I am from watching live sports, I'm almost like, you know what, let's just get rid of this so then we can open everything back up next year and everyone's happy. I, I don't know, though. Well, and it's the same thing as like the lockdown. or it's, I mean, it's not really even a lockdown. I see tons of cars going by every minute, but... You know, if someone told me you literally can't leave your house for anything for two weeks, but then this will be gone forever, I'd be like, you know what? Fine. Do like, it. Let's yep. do it. It's the same thing with sports in the sense that while I would love a 60 game MLB season in front of no fans just so I could have baseball on my screen, if that pushes into, let's say, I don't know, December, right? So then you have to move spring training back. So then you have to move next season back. Like it, it's such a, a domino effect that I'd almost rather just just call this a lost cause and start over anew with the normalcy of it for next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the NFL, and I think I there mean, is also like a certain aspect of it. Like you, both of you guys brought up is, and Harry mentioned it with the seniors and you mentioned it carved with the Yankees injuries is I feel like you're, you're kind of doing this in a different lens. If you're, I mean, it's obvious, but if you're a Northwestern basketball fan, right, you don't really care. <laughs> season was over. <laughs> right. This may work for I. This isn't this isn't as devastating as I mean it's as devastating as it could possibly be for Illinois, right? I mean I know I'm biased, but after seven years of of no tournament, finally feeling like you had a tournament team, and then also a chance to I mean every single simulation had them making the Sweet Sixteen, so I don't think it's it's far fetched to say that that was a possibility. Sure. So it hurts even extra for an Illinois fan. But like I said, if you're a Nebraska fan, are you even really going to remember this? It's like who cares? 
season was already over. Yeah. My simulation actually, you know, this just kind of seemed like God was just having fun with me and spitting in my face is, um, wow. is, is, yeah, I know. Jesus right. God. Um, is, yeah. Violent God. You're already just being violent. Now you're just spitting in my face and drab it, dragging it into my mouth. But I, I, I was doing a simulation. Going to give you got, Corona. Goodness yeah, gracious. Got Illinois all the way to the finals, like the last match, like of the national course. championship, and losing to Wisconsin. <laughs> like, why even let them get there if that's how they're going to lose? Honestly, I'd almost rather take this current scenario than that scenario. <laughs> I can't lose to Wisconsin. I can't lose to Pritzel. I cannot lose to a guy named Pritzel. You know, I was thinking, though, this could flip back around, Trevor. It could, where... Another mock draft comes out today. Iowa's not in the top 45 again. And because there's not probably going to be a combine and with all the uncertainty, again, for, and I'm, I preface this by saying for selfish reasons. You know, for him, I don't want him to risk injury and come back because after the Michigan State game, I got to know in his mind he's thinking, well, that's a risk. But, you know, from a selfish Illini fan's perspective, I'm thinking, well, if there is a silver lining in all this, it's that it might not force him, but at least, well, it'll force him to think twice. And if we get him back as a result of this, by no means does that mean the pandemic is worth it, but it does, <laughs> but it softens, it softens the sports blow that we took in early March. It, it would. Well, do, sure. do you think though that that would, I mean, if he decides to come, I mean, and he, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I think there is, I don't think he's going to decide to come back. I think that's a four, I think it should be a foregone conclusion that he's going to the draft, but, if you were for some reason to come back, I mean, what makes you think though that that would make it so that Adam Miller wouldn't think twice like we have been saying? If Io did come back, um, what, why would that change anything uh, now? I think with Alan Griffin gone, the, the minutes are there for Adam Miller regardless. So the, the, this may be total silver lining. Let's just say hypothetically, right? That Io decided, let's say no pandemic. We're going to start with that as the baseline. No pandemic. Io out of nowhere decides he's going to come back, and Alan Griffin's still here, and Adam Miller looks at the roster and says, oh, man, I'm not going to crack 20 minutes a game. And he says, okay, now I'm going to open up my recruitment again. But instead, you get Alan leaving to make space for Adam Miller. I will trade two years of Alan for three years of Adam Miller, or whatever it may be, and another year of Io. So I'm just trying to find the silver linings here, but... Oh, you take that trade for sure. Yeah, so I mean, if if this is how it works out, and you couple in the fact that I guess the no tournament part of it. Again, there, there's no. It sucks. I mean, I, yeah, I think what I did out of like self defense almost was before the Big Ten tournament even got canceled. And Trevor, I know me and you were texting about it. We were like, "This ain't gonna happen," and there's not gonna be a tournament. Yeah. And we were sort of resigned to the fate a few days before it even happened, which I think softened the blow a little bit. But to be honest, more than the games, I just wanted. I talked with Corey Bradford about this. I just wanted Selection Sunday. I wanted to know, yes, in fact, you were a tournament team, the streak is over, and I know in my head it would have been, but it still is uh, a, a bit of an empty feeling for a team that deserves oh, it. I mean, think about a team like Rutgers. They haven't been in the tournament since, what, 91? Wouldn't, I mean, how much do you think it matters to them to the fact that they could put in a record book that they made it? Now right. they can't. And, uh, and I get the argument that, well, the conference tournaments weren't done. I'm like, who cares? Just This is all symbolic anyways. And, oh, yes. sorry that we couldn't pencil Richmond in for sure. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> or the, the winner spiders. from the Big Sky Conference. It's like well, whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> I, I just think that you would have made in in a moment where we were starved 
you know, we're coming on the downslope of no sports at all. And it's just give, give us that little olive branch. Give us that little nugget to kind of appease us for a while. But, uh, I, you know, I get it. But then I'm, I'm also like, come on, NCAA. Like, why do they always have to be so boringly uh, predictable? about their crap you know why can't they just be like hey guess what guys we're gonna do the usual selection sunday show and we're just gonna name the conference which is how it should be anyways the regular season conference champs if a conference right. tournament didn't finish just give the champs from the regular season the bid akron i don't know i don't know why i just thought this but you said why do they always have to be so boringly predictable i just like would you rather them just be chaotic and unpredictable <laughs> yes <laughs> chaotically anarchic Oh, yeah, that's not their style. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's always something. Like, it, it happened a couple weeks ago, or maybe just a week ago. I've, I've lost all sense of time, but it was uh, some college football player started a fundraiser. Clemson guy or an oh, Auburn guy? Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, that was it. And he started a fundraiser, and then the NCAA temporarily was like, you can't do that. And it's like, can you just get out of your own way? It, 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 yeah, it's yeah. we're playing by a new rule book and it always this would tick me off when I was younger and like teachers would say something, for example, that you're like, wait, don't you get the context of this? Like what you're telling me right now doesn't matter. Uh, do you guys ever get that with teachers or, for example, back in the day, they say something you're like, why does that matter right now? So uh, what, what, what do you mean for like example? Oh, God, what would be an example? Yeah, I don't I don't understand what you're saying. OK. All right. Well, this is maybe a little bit of, I don't know, anti-authoritarian or something. But for me, when I was younger, if an adult said something. Uh, oh, no, here's one. Here's one. I got one. OK. This happened two years ago at a Mexican restaurant and I was ordering a veggie burrito. <laughs> OK, for care. I was ordering a veggie burrito. And is, okay, so wait, wait, side note, side note. Does a veggie burrito. Oh, wait. You, OK. <laughs> Would you put tofu on a veggie burrito? She she doesn't. It had like mushrooms or stuff on. So it was okay. mushrooms, guac, <laughs> so, onions. So, so it's just a wrap filled with like lettuce and vegetables? Yeah, but they're like uh, the portobello mushrooms that when you cook them up, okay, they're it's pretty okay. good, right? So, yeah, you know, like faux meat. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> I'm ordering this veggie. Sorry, it's just for some reason it just makes me laugh thinking of a burrito filled with lettuce, cheese, and sour cream. And, and that's it. It's just basically just eating into like an unfinished burrito <laughs> okay yeah you have a point you have a point so anyways and i don't know why I, now I, that we have that established yes, yes. this I, I apologize for the long-windedness <laughs> of this story which may not have a true payoff but anyways um so i ordered the veggie burrito and there and i say something like um yeah and and then instead of on the burrito because she didn't want guac on it i was like could we get the guac in like a little cup on the side or something like that and they're like well it comes in the burrito and i said no but i just i get that <laughs> but how about you instead of putting it in the burrito you just put it in a cup and they're like no it's it's in the burrito though i was like okay we're, we're talking different languages here we're talking across each other so <laughs> the example being that i hate it when People don't, uh, they're so beholden to like, the NCAA in this case was beholden to structure and these kids can't do this. This is the old rule book. And I'm thinking, wait a second, we're in a pandemic. There is no rule book. It's gone. Right. They need to read the, they need to read the room, you know, read the room. That's, there we go. I could have said that five minutes ago. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I mean, I think the read the way I would think about it is I, um, <clears throat> I have this, uh, this app where you like where you scan receipts and you um and you get money back for like stuff that you buy at like Walmart or, or the grocery store or stuff like that. And one of the requirements for some of the promotions 
is you have to redeem two of the redeem two <clears throat> let's say bottles of ketchup okay. but you have to redeem it on separate uh, separate trips so technically you could go there get two bottles of ketchup go to self checkout scan one pay get the receipt scan another pay get the receipt it's 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 like it's a technicality that 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 gets you kind of through the loophole mm-hmm. but then makes you think why do I have to do that in the first place? I think that's <laughs> yeah. as close as I can come to to a uh, maybe a comparison to the guacamole experience. Yeah, I, I don't know why that just pissed me <laughs> off so much. And I, we go back there a bunch. It's a great place, but and I see the guy there sometimes, and I'm just like, I hope he doesn't think I'm an because I started being like, dude, just put it in the cup. So why did can't he? I think eventually, or, or okay. it was either he got. He got the concept. It's one of those things, Trevor, where I was he just so into an avocado or something. <laughs> here, here, yeah, it, it was one of those things that was so frustrating in the moment where I honestly forget the end result. I, it's just everything that came before it was so maddening that I was like, "We're talking over each other, and this is stupid." And just give me whatever you got. Can, give me the veggie. Can I throw out another pet piece? Yeah. So if you're ever not doing a self checkout. You ever get one of those cashiers at a grocery store that starts commenting on the things you're buying? Not recently, but I know what you're talking about. Did you have a just recent sort of example? Just like offhand, like, mm, what's this? I'm like, I don't know. I just grabbed it. All right. <laughs> or, wow, wow, five of those. Yep, that's right. Five of those. Like, yes, five just, of those. The first four were buy four, get one free. Why would I only get four? Maybe do your job. <laughs> Or, mmm, sure love this. Like, okay. Well, that, that, that's <laughs> Me great. too. That's why I bought it. Hey, uh, it you know the... Very, it sounds super elitist of me to just be like, you know what? Shut up and bag my groceries. <laughs> but that's honestly my thought process. No, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, the, the grocery shopping is a whole experience now. Are you guys still going or getting it delivered or what? I'm still well, going. going. Yeah, I, I mean, I go to Aldi. I mean, and there's some things that they won't have, which kind of annoys me. But for the most part, my, I, I don't, I don't know why, but my, my Aldi really hasn't been hit too hard. Of course, like everywhere else, there's no toilet paper, there's no paper towels, maybe there's no certain canned goods. People freak out, and the first thing they need is like 30 cans of canned tomatoes for some reason, just because they are in cans. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And the whole <laughs> toilet paper thing is just a whole other thing. I, I was lucky enough to get, I, I mean, when I buy toilet paper, I buy it in bulk anyway, just because I feel like it's one of those things. I don't want to have to be buying toilet paper once a month, so I'll just buy like a 24-pack at the beginning of the year, and that'll yeah. last me for a couple months. So I did that as soon as Wait, I got Wait, a couple months down. for 24, 24 rolls? rolls of toilet paper last year a couple months? Good yeah, God. Yeah, I'm the man. only person here. I use maybe one wow. roll of toilet paper every two weeks. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Think about it. I, I misinterpreted that. I'm terrible wow. with math. I thought you said every two months you go through 24 rolls. No, 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 no. I use one roll of toilet I mean, think about it. It takes, I mean, one roll of toilet paper probably lasts you about two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you guys think of think about it this way, though. If it was only you using it, because it's only me using it here. Yeah. OK, that's fair. Yeah. So I, I got here beginning of January. I got uh, like a 24 pack of it. And it's I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to throw another number out there, because if I say I'm halfway through and then I did the math, I might be thinking, wow, I've been using way too much. But I think I think I, I have I have a good amount left. Why the hell do people think they need 
a hundred rolls of toilet paper. If you I need twenty four, if you need three twenty four packs of toilet paper for this quarantine, then you have more health problems than coronavirus in the first place. <laughs> well, I hate how uh, even if you aren't panicking about this, and when I'm not criticizing anyone who is, you know, if if you're in a situation where your health is compromised and you feel like you need to get stuff, then get it. But I hate how I'm forced to react. In a, in a panic fashion, s- simply because someone else has decided to panic. Like, I am now out of toilet paper because someone else decided that this was the apocalypse. So now I have to go out there and fight for toilet paper, too, even though I could care less about it because I'm not worried about toilet paper. It's like if you're a good driver, but there's four bad drivers around you, you still have to, like, deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think that uh, for me, grocery trips are – it reminds me of a level on old Super Mario where you're in the water. And you got to get through that level in like two minutes. And there's a meter that says you got this much oxygen. And I go in there and even it's pretty empty. I go early at Schnooks and I don't have, I'm not within six feet of anybody. But then, you know, I get the produce area. It's kind of open. There's a few other people. And I'm, again, I'm not panicking or anything, but I feel like at the end of that level of Super Mario, I'm kind of holding my breath anytime I'm within 20 feet of somebody. And, uh-huh. and it's just what's happening is that I'm not naturally hypochondriac or germaphobe or anything but in this right now i'm just like i i want to be one of the like two-thirds of the population that won't get this you know like so i'm I'm making all those precautions and i'm wearing gloves like like my running gloves to the store and it's like maybe i look ridiculous yep but whatever i don't care and i I don't think anyone's judging now but uh it's just well i found myself exhaling after i got out of the store the other day like i took a deep breath when i got in the car and i'm like why yeah (laughs) there was just this it's this sense of you can't trust anyone you know you know what i mean like you don't know if some guy's coming at you who's gonna cough near you and then you're you're playing (laughs) the mind game of well maybe someone who had it touched this who then touched this and then they touched the card reader you know so now i'm touching the card reader to enter my pin and it's just like this mental game that messes with you yeah yeah head on a swivel guys head on a swivel i mean i'll I'll be out running for example and this is where it's sort of there's good and bad with this right you see the good and bad in people so the good is this when i'm out running and it's on campus again which is a ghost town and uh, you know someone might be coming down the same sidewalk and one of us will make that initial move to go to the other side of the street and then we'll give a wave like, hey, <laughs> crazy, isn't this? You know, got to have a good run. <laughs> it's sort of like old men talking like, yep, sure is crazy, but we're just giving the wave instead. But Karen yeah. and I were walking, uh, this is a week ago now. Again, who knows how many days. I lose all track of time. And we're walking down the yeah. sidewalk, and we make our shift. This is by the Cranard Art Museum. We make our shift because there was another uh, younger kid walking by, student. And then he decides that he wants to take pictures over in the area in which we're walking. And he was six feet away, but I'm like, dude, get the hell away from, like, read the room, you know? Like, we just made the move. You stay over there for just five more seconds. Well, you know, in the the 93.5 studio, you've got the nice big windows that show you the street. And yesterday when I was in there, there was a family that was going to Meadowbrook Park right down the street. And, you know, the playground's closed, but you can still walk around the park. Mm -hmm. And they had their grandma with them, and she looked like she could barely walk. And then she goes over and touches the button that you press to change the light so you can cross the street. I'm thinking, okay, how many people have touched that button? She's right in this clump of like six grandkids and her son and her daughter. And I'm like, why are you bringing her with you? (laughs) Trevor, I touched that button. Here's nothing. (laughs) I guess. I touched that button accidentally four days ago. 
and it was at the start of my run. And in my mind, I'm like, do I run home and wash my hands now, or do I just make sure not to touch anything for the next right. 30 minutes? And that's what I did. I just ran. And but I, I still, it's my natural inclination. It's at the corner there of Neal and Stadium Drive by Papa Dell's. And uh-huh. for whatever reason, there was a little bit of traffic that day. Go figure. Usually, I can just go across it with no problem, and I hit it, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" It, it's like that moment. In, it's that moment in outbreak where You're Dustin, like Randy Marsh, in any episode of South Park. <laughs> but it reminded me of uh, when I was younger. Watch Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo, and they're in this hospital, and then Dustin Hoffman in this very dramatic moment, he's like, "It's airborne." And I just, it, I, I'm looking at my hand like it's all of a sudden toxic, and I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe At that maybe point, not, you'll probably need to just cut off your hand. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Seems it's like the, the logical thing to do. Uh, crazy times. It's just, it's hard, it's hard to, like I said, you're trying to tightrope the line between throwing caution to the wind and not letting it affect your daily life, but then also not being so caught up in it that when you go get the mail you're playing this mind game of well, what if the mail lady touched it from the packaging guy who had it and then when he touched it she touches it maybe i should leave the mail outside for five hours you know, like it's hard to balance the two totally absolutely I, i've done that with mail too i let it stay on the porch for 48 hours before i bring them and it's like you know here's my thought too because i was talking with my parents about this and they're getting groceries delivered but i told them that for me the grocery experience I'm taking. I, I prefer to have control over situations. So, for example, that's par- that's partly why I don't like flying as opposed to driving. Because when I'm driving, I'm in control. So if I screw up, I screw up. On a plane, I got no control. And so if I go to the grocery store as opposed to someone from Instacart getting their hands all over my groceries, I see what I'm grabbing. I know that I can navigate around people, and it's just amazing that it, it's turned into, I mentioned the sort of video game component. It feels like anytime I'm out, even if I'm not by people within six feet for sure, it's still like like holding my breath a little bit more, and it's I'm thinking at the end of this, and I hope I'm not one of those people, but this is going to have a mental effect on society. Like, I mean, this is going to mess with people, and... I think of the students, for example, we had our first online session yesterday and we started sharing. I said, well, write about what you're the first thing you're excited to do when we're on the other side of this pandemic. And they would say what it was. And then they would usually end the five kids that shared with this just really sucks. And I miss my friends. And it was heartbreaking. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a 33 year old. I can find things to do. But for younger kids or if I were in like college age, I would be bored out of my gourd right now. Just absolutely like, what the hell do I do at this time? Yeah. I think the hardest the hardest part about this, at least for me, uh, has been the fact that I, I don't usually – before this, I couldn't tell you the last time I spent an entire, an entire day in my apartment without going anywhere. And then even the first couple days where this quarantine was, was starting to be in effect, uh, if I didn't have – if I didn't have work one given day, I would still find, you know, I still had a reason to go out. One day I needed to go out. I needed to get quarters to do laundry. One day I needed to fix my, uh, my windshield wiper. Another day I need to go out and get groceries. But then a couple days ago, it happened for the first time. And it actually happened two days in a row where I had no reason to leave the apartment. And I didn't. And you have to tell yourself 
it's okay because <laughs> no one else is leaving. But you kind of have this guilt of, I mean, do you guys ever have a day where you don't do a lot and you think, God, that was such a waste. What am I doing? That was such a waste of a day. Two days but ago. Now you have, yeah, yeah you, you go through those now and you just have to be telling yourself, everyone's doing that. I'm supposed to be doing that as well. Totally. I have to go outside for at least like half an hour. I can't. If I'd sat inside and literally didn't move the entire day, I'd probably be brain dead by the end of the day. <laughs> that would be unfun. You guys don't watch South the old South Parks, do you? Oh yeah, no. I've, I've seen I've seen all the pretty much every single South. Okay, Park. whatever you you said, brain dead, Trevor, and in an early South Park, I don't know, Harry, if you remember Jesus and Pals, the public access show. Yeah, and there's this. Uh, couple on and she's like oh i just i love my husband he's so very brave and he's this like brain dead vegetable and he's like i love you too (laughs) and i thought of trevor just at the end of a day his grandma's like trevor how you doing he's like i'm okay you know like just because he's actually brain dead from not going outside oh man I had, one day, look what one day has done to poor Trevor. I had it two days ago where it was, and here's the thing, fortunately it's starting to get that, uh, temperature's getting a little warmer, we've had a nice stretch of sunny days, and it does, I mean the winter. That helps a lot. It does. Way. In the winter it has an impact, but I'm inside in the in the classroom all day, so it's, I get used to, even if it is a cloudy stretch, no big deal. But because of this shut-in sort of feeling, when I go outside, just the sunshine alone, but two days ago it was cloudy, I decided to watch some TV in the afternoon. Better Call Saul, which is great, unbelievable show. And yet by that night, I was like miserable. I was, I thought I did nothing today. And that's the, that's the hump I got to get over too, Harry, is that that's okay. And for some reason, I just, I feel, I get fidgety. Like I, I got to do something. I got to be productive. So that's why I go pick up sticks. You know, like it's something to do outside in the fresh air. You know, the, yeah. the, one of the, one of the other parts about this that is kind of getting, annoying for me at least is um you know idle hands are the devil's plaything. so it, you, you do a combination between the fact that i'm not working as much all of us aren't working as much not making as much money then you're sitting at home bored thinking well what am i going to do maybe i should look online well what can i do online maybe i should look at things i can buy so you start just <laughs> looking at different things that you can buy online and it's, just, it's contradictory. Yeah. yeah, because you're making less money. And I, I will say I've probably spent a little bit more online on things that, you know, for the most part, it's stuff that, yes, I need. But the other on the other hand, there are kind of things here or there where I'm thinking, why did I, I didn't really need to buy that at least right now? I could have waited a little bit. And it doesn't help that you're not making as much money. That's something that I, at least for my, myself, I kind of had to stop myself from doing it it, i felt bad because i uh i ordered a movie on amazon and then i got a note that said or an email from amazon saying that if you don't have a you know like a serious order don't don't order things and here i am ordering movies because out here we don't have great internet yeah because it's a farmhouse so i can you know hook up my hotspot and stream netflix but that'll run me out in two days so we have to basically put things in like you know the old-fashioned way watch Mm -hmm. dvd so I started ordering all these DVDs, and then I felt bad. I'm like, well, I hope I'm not uh, blocking anybody from getting toilet paper because I want my Amazon Prime Blu-rays delivered. I had a sort of moment two days ago. I mean, two days ago sucked. That was probably the worst day of the pandemic for me just because it was cloudy. I, I didn't really do a lot, and it started to kind of have a mental impact on how I felt. But I went on Amazon. I was like, I'm going to buy a PS4. I'm going to do it. 
which uh, that thing's wow. going to be there's a PS5 probably coming out within the year so I don't know if that's the smartest investment but I, I I compromised because like you guys said it's easy to go on Amazon or something and spend a bunch of money right now which is not the smartest and instead I said well I'm going to buy N64 games so I got Mario Tennis I got Fox Sports College Hoops 1999 and I got All-Star Baseball go. 2001 but it's not coming until I think April twenty second because the whole you know ah. essential orders thing. So I get it, um, but then I'll order something like um, I mean I had to order these cords for the setup, and for whatever reason that shipped within two days. So I don't know how they delineate what is essential and what is not. It's kind of mix and match. The mail thing no is really starting works. to is starting to bother me because you get so accustomed. Not even just with Amazon Prime stuff being delivered. Uh, maybe within one or two days, but just ordinary things that you order off of any website, I'll get maybe, if I order it on Monday, it'll be there by the end of the week. Now I'm getting into the into the cycle of, I ordered a couple things last week just for maybe getting used to, um, to make my life easier on living inside, you know, I, yeah. I, on my computer more. So my charger just broke. So I ordered a new one. Well, now I don't have, uh, I don't have a computer until that charger comes in and that's not going to come in. I ordered that last week. It still hasn't, uh, arrived. And, and, and the one, Oh my God, this drove me insane. <laughs> I ordered something last week and it said, it'll be there in three to five days. Or at least I think that's, that's what I told myself it said, because that's what it says every other time. But then four days later, I go on my email and I see something that says, your order has just been processed. It said Son three to five bitch. days for it to be processed. So it's taking it getting to the point where everyone's buying stuff online. It's taking five days just for your order to go through and then it finally gets delivered. I feel like we're living in, what is it, early 2000s. I, wanted, I bothered my parents enough to get me a couple of rare vintage Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which then didn't come for three weeks. <laughs> I hope no one's listening to this like, man, these a-holes people I know. are dying everywhere and they're First worried about their Blu-rays. And their hey, Nintendo. if I don't get my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, my Exodia is a forbidden one. There will be hell to pay. Yeah, understandably. I, no idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is funny though. I mean, if there are positives though, because I, I felt like we went down a rabbit hole, and it's okay to be cathartic and just sort of get the uh, annoyances out of the way. But here are some positives I, in this quaint little neighborhood we live in in Champaign. You see all the families walking outside, not with just in their family unit. You see people walking dogs. I've yet to see like a mass gathering of people. So I think people around here are being safe about it. Um, and it is fortunate too, that if this outbreak would have happened in, let's say early December, right. Where you know that you're going to be house ridden in the cold, dark winter months with this. I mean, the uh, timing, the timing could be far worse, right? I mean, it would suck true. to have this during January, February. So we got a little bit lucky with that. That's true. Well, I mean, it, you can look at it that way, but you also look at it, I mean, this is going to drag on for a couple months. It's going to get to the point where people are going to want to go outside. I mean, and, and even if you have 99% of the population abiding by the idea of staying inside for self-quarantine, if you have 0.1% of the population, you got to keep in mind that this thing is, is exponential. 
I mean, a couple a couple weeks ago, what there was a couple hundred people with it and forty people dead in the country. Now there's over two hundred thousand people with it, four thousand dead. I think there was like eight hundred or a thousand people died from it within the last day. The projections they're having are getting to the point where there's going to be what between one hundred and two hundred forty thousand dead within the next two weeks. So I mean, and that's you got, the goal. I, that's like the the target. It sounds really yeah. bad when you say that's the goal. No, I mean I like that's, that's, like the optimist, that's the optimistic part of it. Yeah, that, and that's that's uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, but you got to think that I mean, if that's if I mean, think about it from that point of view, that's how it's grown exponentially. There, if you look at the fact that I I, I mean, I think when it gets warmer out across the country, people are just naturally. Regardless of what's going on in the world with this pandemic, people are going to go outside and people are going to interact more. And even if that's only a tiny little percentage of people, I mean, we've seen that's enough. Yeah, this is going to be interesting to see, Harry. I think there's some truth to that where people, when we get on the other side of this curve, even if that is a gradual decline, right? Um, the speculation in Champagne, for example, is that two weeks from today is going to be the peak. Two weeks from today. And I'm like, well, here's the good news, bad news, right? Well, the bad news is that I don't want to see what the numbers are going to be like during that peak, and I feel for all the medical workers that have to deal with this. The good news is that, well, what does that mean for six weeks from now, like mid-May? And I had this one kind of measuring stick, and I know it's not going to happen. I know it's not realistic, but I'm, I got Rage Against the Machine July 10th at Alpine Valley. Now, that'd be 40,000 people at an out, outdoor amphitheater. It ain't going to happen. But for some reason in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe we get on the other side of the hump and, and oh, an antiviral, not a vaccine, but an antiviral comes out. We have tracking and oh, man, you know, so it's weird. It's this balance between um, realistically assessing that this is going to take a while. But then also like, well, what does that mean for July? Maybe we'll, we're going to be OK then. But the thing is, nobody knows. I mean, the medical professionals don't know. No, and there's I mean, I'm not I'm not going to get into this, but there's a lot of misinformation being thrown around from, you from don't sources say. that people are, are used <laughs> to listening to yeah. where it's like, well, OK, so, you know, once I mean, I'm not even talking about who you think I'm talking about, but I just mean even on Twitter, you'll read something mm -hmm. that says, well, it can only live on a metal surface for five hours. And then you scroll down three tweets and someone else says, I've heard it can live on metal surfaces for up to two weeks. Yeah. So you just don't know. Yeah, what, what makes a lot of sense in New York, because anytime I've went out there, we do the subway uh, for getting to to and from, which is oh, super. Oh, God, that thing is. Yeah. Well, because. be crawling with germs. Unless you are. I mean, I think about any time I've ever been in the subway. And even when you sit, you're, you're just naturally grabbing rail here or rail there. And it's just when things resume in New York, I mean, the cleaning methods for a subway system that already takes too long to get people to and from, it's. The, the social impact, I was even thinking about when we go back to school and what's going to be asked of teachers in a classroom of 30 kids or whatever, and then teachers' unions are going to say, well, for public safety reasons, we don't want our teachers – you know, like all these different things that we're going to have to unpack when we get on the other side of this curve with the possibility there's going to be another curve in the fall. You know, and it's just like, oh, my God, yeah. holy crap. This I, is I think it's pretty much just expected that there's going to be – a second curve or a second wave of this coming in the fall, because that's what happened with, um, with the last time we had a pandemic, which would have been, I think that was like the, uh, the flu back a hundred years ago is there's always a second wave. And, and I think, I mean, I, I don't know if this is, if the, what truth there is to this, but it isn't the fear that this becomes indoctrinated into the population like the flu did so that it comes around seasonally. Yeah. Um, 
I, and, and like, I mean, if you get to a point, I mean, that could that could be a realistic possibility. And then you just live with it, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I, well, I mean, I guess if at that point you get to a point where where you have some kind of not maybe a vaccine, but well, yeah, yeah, vaccine. You have a, um, um, you know, flu shots, maybe in, in 10 years when if this is in the population, you get to a point where this is a um, a thing where it's it's a, um, you know, the COVID-19 seasonal shot. And, and you get to a point where it hasn't really changed as far as how how uh, how lethal it is, because that hasn't changed it. it, it, um, it but you get to a point where if a lot of people are getting the vaccine, like a lot of people get flu shots every single year, then, yeah, people will still get it. And, and the lethality of it will still be the same, but it won't have as large of an impact because so many fewer people are getting it. There's a non-zero chance that we may have to deal with the fallout of this for the rest of our lives, more or less. Uh, and I don't mean like live in fear for the rest of your life, but right. just, I mean, think of all the different things. That, I mean, now it's coming out that, you know, surprise, surprise, China was covering up the real numbers for, of, of, of of their problem with it. And so then it becomes, well, what if, you know, every other country in the world basically, not an actual war, but, you know, goes against China and then you think, well, if half of Illinois student population is Chinese students, what if they close off, you know, uh, international studying or something? I mean, that affects this campus greatly. There's just so many different uh, rabbit holes you can go down as to as to what this could affect. Yeah. And, 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 and it, go ahead, Harry. Sorry. No, go ahead, Carp. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you, you first. Well, my mine was just a bit of a question. It was kind of like going back to what you were talking about with your uh, – you know, the fact that you work at a, at a school, you're a teacher. And this was just a question I was kind of thinking about and think about this before you guys start to make fun of this question, because I think there's a little bit of, of merit to it. Obviously, you know, this is, this might change, um, maybe I guess sanitation standards, especially at places where there's a lot of kids, a lot of people maybe, um, you know, in a, in a relatively small, um, area, certain types of mass gatherings, like a school, but at least at a school, like an elementary school, you never want a place to be dirty, right? But would there be a fear because these kids are so young that you don't want it to be maybe in a bubble to the fact that no one there ever gets any type of sickness from what's there and then they get older and then they haven't oh. been exposed to may- like some of these things that mm. maybe you're supposed to get when you're younger? Or am I just mm. talking out of my brain? No, I, I see what you're saying. You're basically saying that if we sanitize everything and become super clean, that maybe we're more we're just naturally as a society going to be more susceptible when the next bug comes around. Our, our immunity is yeah, yeah, not going to be strong. There was a great bit from George Carlin back in the day that said, you know, all these kids, you know, they're trying to keep them clean and away from germs. He's like, back in my day, we used to swim in the Hudson River and that thing was full of crap, you know. And, um, and he, the joke was that the immune system was stronger because they exposed themselves to a bunch of stuff. They played in mud and all that. I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, I think there's maybe something to that, um, but I can't, I can't as a non-epidemiologist even begin to pretend to know. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I mean, this could this could change sports forever too. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, what if? I mean, I don't know. Like, again, it's like it's an umbrella of, of of different issues. But what if it just sports just never functions the same way again in terms of? I don't know. There's some rule about, like you said, tailgating, or you have to be within, you know, five seats away from the next fan. I, I don't think they it, it ever gets to that. But if it did, 
I don't know. It's it's just it's crazy to wrap your head around. Which that isn't a problem in Illinois football I, games, but <laughs> hey, yeah. Sorry, Harry, I, I butted in. No, I was just gonna say I, I don't see I don't see that this is gonna have an impact on it to like that kind of extent where nothing is ever the same because I feel like, you know, it's going to get to a point. It, it is a disease and it's new to us right now, but every disease that we have a vaccine for now has been new to us at some point. You know, you had to do the studies, you had to figure out how it worked. You had to be able to make a vaccine for it. You had to figure out how to treat against it. And, you know, if if, if that's just, I feel like that's naturally going to be, what happens with this so i mean in in five years or whatever when we get this figured out when there is a vaccine for this when we know how to treat it it's not going to change how people kind of mass gather because no one's going to be at risk for it the same way that they were that they are right now yeah there was an article i read yesterday and here's some here's a bit of positive news but it is also a little bit orwellian 1984 kind of stuff where i think in europe they are developing tracking and this includes a sort of like wristband that you would wear and an app that would tell you if you're in the proximity of someone who has it or has had it. And I'm thinking, okay, for us to get back to going to mass gatherings, and for me, the top priority is, man, if I could see any concerts for the rest of this year. I had one, uh, Kara and I were going to go see the Smashing Pumpkins in April. It got postponed to October, but for some reason that kind of reassured me like, well, I'll see that eventually. Like as long as I know I'll eventually get back to it, I'm okay. But part of getting back to it would probably be some sort of tracking mechanism where, and I don't know what, everyone walks around with a wristband for the next year and a half, and somehow this wristband can tell whether or not you have it or you've tested positive, and we can't Josh, even test. I don't know if I'd like that or not. <laughs> I, it, <laughs> right. More it, it, it's a little bit Orwellian. So, um, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if that gets me back where I can move around freely, but then... Let's say, uh, you know, I come down with it and then, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Sh- shoot, guys, it's, you know, <laughs> I'm no well, futurist, it, so it's it, hard to. It, one of my questions has been like for the people, and now it's getting out of control, so I get it. But at first they started releasing like not necessarily the people's names in Champaign County that had it, but they, they were they were listing a few of the places they've been. And I thought that was a good idea. But then at the same time, you know, now they say it's, it's to the transmission stage where you, they can't guarantee where the person has been. And again, I don't really know if it would be helpful if there was a list like one of the eight people that have caught it went to Meyer because that might just force everyone to panic and not go to Meyer. <laughs> you might not catch it if you went to Meyer. I went to I Meyer mean? last so week. I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to know every detail about it or not. Well, this is what we do here in the two hundred level, guys. We we solve problems. We we actually used to ask back in the day. Well, did we learn anything today, or did we solve any problems? And I don't know if we did, but what the hell? We tried. We tried. Yeah, we tried our best to solve the coronavirus problem. Here, here's this. You uh, know, because of this lockdown, <laughs> it means Miles Smith can't get out there and recruit. I know. It's a shame. Oh, Which, did you go to? Blowing. Has, well, then has the <laughs> lockdown been going on for over a year? Oh. Oh. Wow. Hey, How many people do you think showed up, Trevor, for Rod Smith's luncheon? His virtual luncheon? I don't know. They capped I it at 500 people, by. so. Can I just say I hate the way luncheon is spelled? The E-O-N? Luncheon? Yeah, luncheon. What the hell is that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, last thought. Here's how crazy the last month has been. One month ago, March 2nd, it was a Monday. Everyone was going back to work, going back to school, whatever. The day after Illinois beat Indiana at home, 67-66. to 66. 
and put themselves back in position to compete for a Big Ten title in the final week of the season. That was a month ago. That's it. How weird is that? I mean, the, the whole uh, passage of time and what? how long is a day, how long is a week, that has been shattered. And now we're starting to get some normalcy because I'm doing online learning, Kara's working at home. But man, that, that transition from uh, back out of the Monday through Friday routine and then gradually people getting kind of back into it, it's just been a total mind warp. For the first time in my life, I genuinely have had to ask myself several times what day it was, and I got it wrong several times, and I do not <laughs> like that feeling. So yeah. it's, it's, like, it's, 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 it's Tuesday, right? And then, nope, it's Wednesday. Oh. I mean, okay. I've, had days where, I've had days where I have to tell myself, oh, yeah, it's Saturday, because I thought it was like – I'm way off. I thought it was like Monday. I mean, you. Yeah. I, the, 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 I, there's no reasoning to days anymore. It, I mean, it, it's just it, everything just kind of melds together. You, you go to sleep at weird times. You wake up. You don't get tired because you don't go out. You don't do anything. Yeah, it's it's just been it's been a nightmare. But okay, Carl. Time is a social construct. Yeah, Carp, that's a flat what, circle. Yeah, exactly. What is it like teaching middle school kids online? <laughs> It was. Have you seen the videos? That? Have you seen the videos of the college kids on their Zoom classes? Just um, how do I put it? Yelling heinous things at their professor over the uh, <laughs> safety of a Zoom class. So here's the great thing about Zoom: is you can mute everybody. So that's number one. But what I did find out was that their workaround was that they went in the chat window and were typing occasionally inappropriate things, including a, a certain number that whenever you uh. hear it, you say nice. And, and, ah, yeah. and it's one of those things that I should be like, hey, come on, quit that. But it was also the first time they'd probably seen their friends in a while or even talked to them via yeah. a chat window. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> send them to the principal. <laughs> it's like, a, so I am going to disable the chat window just so there's no, because there, there are some <laughs> legalities and liability things that I don't want to be privy to uh, or, or responsible right. for. But other than that, it was actually great. And they were... They looked to be into it, and I think they were just happy to see the faces of some friends that they haven't seen for the last month. So I think it's going to be fun, and we're only doing it twice a week for writing. So, hey, hey, Dave, Dave, guess what? What, Ryan? Sixty nine. <laughs> oh, that was it. One, Someone Ryan. just typed in six nine six nine six nine, and that was the joke. <laughs> That's right there. That's such a middle school form it is. of that humor. And I again, I can't like be the, that the, angry. The, but... the middle school version of inappropriate humor is saying it as many times as you possibly can in a row. It's all about volume. I remember there was a, yes. a kid I went to school with, and all he would say is Dookie Stain. And, for... <laughs> <laughs> and then it's we. Weird. That, that kid went to my school, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we had I a ham- swear to God, there was someone like that. <laughs> we had a hamster in science class, and he's like, "Let's call it Dookie Stain." And for some reason, <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever, and it still makes me laugh. Dookie Stain. It's this. That's that's the joke. Dookie Stain. Yeah, that's it. That's well, it. <laughs> I'm thinking, boys, what we can do is, Harry, depending on your schedule, and Trevor, same with you, and I'm just chilling at home. Uh, but we can do this every now and then. I mean, every couple weeks every week whatever you guys want to do but i think that the listeners will be happy to hear uh, both of you guys again because i was doing the monologue thing for a while and that only goes so far well yeah i mean i mean i'll be you know doing a little bit of uh program or what is it uh produce programming on air is that what we would say when we're talking about what we're going to do in the future but we're talking yeah. about it on air yeah. yeah doing some 
on-air programming for the future. I, uh, for the most part, I have mornings open every every day aside from maybe one day a week because when I do work, I go in, you know, lowest lowest part of the totem pole. I work until the middle of the night. So I have I have the mornings available most days. Same here. So I'm, I'm going so in I'm only for go. the afternoon show. Okay, you sweet. Know, all, all we need to do now is just find some content. I mean, I'm guessing if you guys would want, I'd be down to – watch that Jordan documentary and then come on maybe the next day or whenever after that and talk about that. That'd be cool. I, sure. I'd be down for something like that. I cannot wait for that thing to start. Um, before we go, I'm just going to do the particulars if that's okay. Uh, DP Doe, yes. Harry, I know you can't smuggle a calzone into a movie theater now. Um, oh, that's what you think. But where maybe the new thing can be you think of creative <laughs> ways to smuggle calzones into uh, public places where no one is so they wouldn't care anyways. <laughs> It's sort of, is it really smuggling if no one is there to even witness or, yeah, yeah. or stop Smuggle, the smuggling? Smuggling method number one, bringing DP Doe into a Walgreens. Just walk <laughs> in because no one else is there. Even some, I went to a Walgreens the other day where there was no cashier. They had, wow. it was, it was basically just, um, it was self checkout and they had, you know, security monitoring. I just thought, wow, what if it was just closed and they forgot to lock the door and that's why no one was there? But that's yeah, okay. that's security, security monitoring. Like that. No, stuff. yeah, they, they, there was cameras and, you know, stuff and there was a thing coming over the loudspeaker every, like, every, um, like 30 seconds or minute saying, um, something to the effect of there is no, uh, attendant on duty. Uh, security cameras are on, you know, this, that, make sure to check out if you need help, then, then, uh, ring the bell. Someone will come out to help you, but they want to keep people as far away from everyone as possible. But yeah, uh, bringing DP Doe into Walgreens, just do it. No one's going to stop you. Yeah. And they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So Harry, if you were still here, I'm guessing you would probably order a buffer zone. They would bring would it to you. Buffer zone. No, no, no. I would get the danger zone with buffer tots. There you go. Perfect. Uh, DP Trevor, your favorite, uh, domain name is. Brian is my guy.com. How right. can you not love it? Exactly. So Brian is my guy.com for Steve from agent Brian Hansen. Again, online at Brian is my guy.com for all your insurance needs and forth and Kirby. Eventually we will have Alani sports and you need some vintage inspired Alani apparel for that. So forth and Kirby.com coupon code 200 level or the 200 level for 10% off your order at forth and Kirby.com. So boys, we'll do this again. It was great talking with you guys. I know there wasn't a ton of sports content, but we will, uh, you mentioned programming earlier, Harry. I like the idea of a post last dance podcast or we'll, We'll even just think of hypothetical sports questions and things that we can talk about too. Yeah, there'll be. I mean, there's still t- stuff to talk about. And my goodness, the fact that I thought that OJ uh, five parter was in depth and awesome, and this one's twice as long. Yeah, uh, yeah. And which I think this will, as long as they don't screw it up, the material's so interesting that this will take its place among best. 30 for 30s. I mean, the OJ thing is at the top in my mind, but this hopefully competes. <laughs> Anything it feels like it OJ, has to be, though, right? Just because of topic and length. Yeah. Any anything OJ related. My dad once said, "Whenever my dad comes to visit me, we usually watch Dragon Ball Z and OJ documentaries." And <laughs> he said, "There's got to just be a channel that is only OJ topics and play that on repeat all the time." You know what, guys? I think I'd watch that quite a few days a week. He, he actually had, well, had an April Fool's tweet yesterday. It said, "I did oh it." My God. <laughs> 
No, he didn't. He did. Have you? No, know, he did. He's, it, it said, "I did it." Hashtag April Fools. You know what? You know what? That's what you. That's what you can get away with when you know you can get away with murder. Yeah, literally. Absolutely. Have you watched his Twitter videos? It's like fascinatingly uh, ridiculous. He's delusional. He comes out of the door with a knife in one of them. Yeah, and he goes, "Hey, Twitter world, it's yours truly." That's how he starts out every single yours one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it? This 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 one guy, he tweeted out something like, "This quarantine's making me go crazy." And then someone tweeted at him, "Exactly how crazy are we talking?" <laughs> <laughs> well, his first ever tweet didn't he end it with like, "I've got a lot of getting even to do." Yes, oh, or something God, like yeah. that. He's a sociopath. <laughs> we, we, we joke about it because it's because it's legitimately sad thinking about what that guy gets away with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt. He's just golfing, living, living the dream after murdering two people in cold blood, I presume. Oh, that was it. That was it, Harry. He said if he, if the golf course closed, he might literally go crazy. Yeah, and someone said, please, for all of our sakes, keep the golf course open. What are you talking about? You know, he didn't do it. He was innocent. Right, of course. And the, my favorite thing the, is the, the Goldmans re released that book after they got the rights to it. And the cover just says, I did it. And then in the smallest letters ever inside of the I is if. It's like yeah. point two fun. That, that, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah. All right. Well, boys, take care. We'll talk soon. It was great catching up with you guys. And uh, we'll, we'll figure out the next time to do that here in the next couple of weeks. All right. Sounds good. Sounds all right. like a plan. Harry, Trevor, we'll talk to you soon. For all the listeners out there, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the 200 level as we're working through the kinks of Skype interviews. But I think the audio hopefully turns out okay for you as we are uh, trying to find kind of a new, not a new format, but a new way that we can have conversations here on the show. So thank you for tuning in. And I know that was heavy on non-sports con- uh, content, but that's sort of the reality we're living in. As we go forward, we'll continue to get more. I'm looking to get Brightweiser on the show next week, get uh, Isaac on the show as well, catch up with him, and we'll make sure to keep this podcast loaded with guests and conversations to give you something to listen to during this crazy time. So thanks for tuning in to all of our sponsors, DP Doe, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, Fourth and Kirby, and of course, Alana Inquirer and Champion Showers Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. It is the 200 Level. <laughs>